Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the house of the Lord with a testimony that can say that God turned the situation around? The report that I received the first time is not the same as the report I received for the Lord the second time. I think we ought to give God praise that he's still changing things. That he's still making a difference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There are people in the house of the Lord here tonight that would not be here if it had not been amen, from a report of the Lord. Hallelujah. That had received all sorts of things from life, from the devil. Amen. But God spoke a new word over their life. And that new word brought forth new life in Jesus' name. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here on this Wednesday evening. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 9. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 9. Amen. You don't want to miss it this weekend. It's going to be a wonderful time. I'm looking forward amen, to hearing Brother Silva preach. Amen. And then enjoying some wonderful barbecue chicken. Amen. That is being marinated and cooked by Brother Diaz this weekend. So if you don't have any other reason to come to church, amen, come for the food. Praise God. Amen. Come because Jesus is good and you love being with one another. But amen, you got that added benefit of, of enjoying good food together as well in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 9. Amen. We're going to continue on. Amen. With our lessons. And I feel like this is going to be a, a an important one for us all to have in our tool belt here today. And I'm going to do my best to bring this to us here tonight. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 9. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Not the pacemakers, praise God. Bless those too. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of of God. Do I have any children of God in the house of the Lord here tonight? Do I have anybody that would like to be called a child of God? It's going to take being a, peace, a peacemaker. Amen. It's going to take being a peacemaker to be called a child of God. I want us to set down our Bibles. Let's pray. I want to talk to us about that subject. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's pray all across this house. Lord, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Praying, God, that you would bless us here today with your word. Amen. God, you spoke this on a Sermon on the Mount. God, out of all the things you could have said in your three and a half years of ministry, you selected your words properly. And you gave us lessons, amen, for life and for eternity. And God, I want to be called a child of God. I want people around me to look at me and call me a child of God. I want people to look down at this church and say that church is filled with children of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seat, seated here today. Blessed are the peacemakers. What did Jesus mean when he said, blessed are the peacemakers? 
a working definition of a peacemaker is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. Now, get ready, because tonight we're going to become Christians. Amen. If you have uh, repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you have entered the kingdom. But now we're going to walk down the hallway a little bit. Amen. We're going to seek out the living room and some of these other places. It's these kinds of verses that challenge us to be like Jesus. Anybody want to be like Jesus here tonight? Amen. I hope so. That's why you come on a Wednesday night, and that's my desire for us. Amen. When we look at this, let's look closely at the word peacemaker. Amen. In English, we could easily see that this is a compound word comprised of two very common words that we use all the time. The words peace and the words maker. The word peace in Hebrew is the word shalom. This is a very frequented word in Hebrew culture. In fact, it's so frequented that uh, Jews even today will often greet one another and they will say shalom either as a hello or as a goodbye. It's a broad term related to health, prosperity, harmony, and wholeness. It means perfect welfare, serenity, fulfillment, freedom from trouble, liberation from anything which hinders contentment. When a Jew says shalom, they are wishing on one another the full presence of peace and prosperity of all the blessedness that God has to give to them. I think we ought to wish peace on one another. How about you? Hallelujah. I think that's one tradition that we probably could pick up, and I don't think it would be a bad one, amen, to wish peace upon the people that we meet. The famous benediction of Numbers chapter 6, amen, we even sing about it in church. It brings out this idea very clearly. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. And when they say shalom, that's what they're saying one to another. It is important to remember that peace in the Bible is not like we might define peace today, which is to be free from all conflict. Peace in the Bible is always based on justice and on righteousness. Where justice prevails and righteousness rules, you will always have God's peace. Without those two virtues, without the virtues of justice, and without the virtue of righteousness, you will not have a lasting peace. The word make in this term peacemaker comes from a Greek verb that means to do or to make. It is a word bursting with energy. It mandates action on our part and initiative, not something that can be passively used, something you've got to take initiative and use. Someone has to drag the combatants to the table and give them a reason to put down their arms and to be at peace. Notice that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice how Jesus did not say, blessed are the peace wishers. Blessed are the peace hopers. Blessed are the peace dreamers. Blessed are the peace lovers. Blessed are the peace talkers. Nor does it say, blessed are the peacekeepers. Because sometimes, amen, you can't always keep the peace. It says, blessed are the peacemakers. Because peace is something that has to take initiative to be made. 
Peace never happens by chance. A peacemaker is never passive. They are always taking the initiative. They are doing whatever it takes to create peace. And somebody said amen. This shalom kind of peace is the state in which God intended it to be. To make peace is to create conditions in the world or in your life or in your relationship which would reflect the character of God. So when these two words are taken together, the peace and the maker, it describes one who actively pursues peace. The peacemaker pursues more than the absence of conflict. The peacemaker does not avoid strife itself. In fact, sometimes peacemaking will initially create a little bit of strife. I'm going to talk about that for a moment. They aren't merely seeking to appease the warring parties. They aren't just trying to accommodate everybody. Instead, they are pursuing all the beauty and blessedness of God upon one another. As William Barclay translated this verse, they are people who produce right relationships in every sphere of life. Peace does not always mean no conflict. Amen. In fact, parents understand this term very well. To be a peacemaker, sometimes you need to bring the belt out. It doesn't always mean no conflict. It doesn't mean there won't be strife. Amen. We are living in a world that if you want peace, sometimes that means war. And, uh, and, and I, I know we're talking about a fallen world, but it's still true in the kingdom of God. Sometimes peacemaking requires confrontation to secure lasting peace. Now, I'm the first to admit I don't like confrontation. Uh, it might be my upbringing. I try to avoid confrontation at all costs. However, if I have to choose between confrontation, conflict, Amen. And having peace because of those things, I will willingly opt into confrontation and conflict because we've got to weigh it out and see what is the risk versus the reward. Now, there's some people that are going to hear what I'm saying today and think that in order to have peace in their marriage, they need to go home and start a bunch of conflict. Amen. I want to talk to you just like Elder Morton said, don't do that, dummy. Praise God. Don't be, what did he say? I can't remember the phrase, but he said something funny along those lines. He said, don't be an idiot. Uh, and, and don't go home and say, well, bless God, we're going to have some conflict so we can finally have some peace in this home. I don't think that's uh, quite what we're going to talk about here tonight. But sometimes achieving peace requires action on the peacemaker's part to promote harmony. Scripture teaches us that to bring about peace, we must engage in actions that foster future harmony. In other words, we've got to look down the road and say, uh, if I were to initiate or confront or bring about this conflict and, and, uh, and, and go about this route, what would it produce? I think in this generation we are struggling to figure out where things lead. We are struggling to figure out that one plus one equals two. And I'm not talking just about math. I'm talking about in life. What action plus what action equals what result? And uh, if we're not careful, we will, we will come up with the wrong answers because we're using the wrong equation in life. 
And sometimes it does take conflict, and sometimes it does take confrontation where you can come about it, have a conversation, and be willing to have a difficult conversation so that in the end result, the end result of that equation is that there will be lasting peace. Amen. This is where we see it in the Bible. Amen. The story of Abigail and her, uh, her late husband Nabal. I'll put it that way. Nabal was confronted by David. He said, listen, we just need a little bit of food. We'll be on our way. Nabal had plenty to spare, and he looked at David. He cursed him. He didn't understand the moment. He didn't understand who he was talking to, and he started using forceful fighting words. It was the wrong equation, and he got the wrong result. But thank God for a peacemaker by the name of Abigail who came and she said to her servants, she said, lest we all die to David and his army. She said, let's go get what he asked for in the first place. Uh, this is not a moment for conflict. This is a moment for resolution. And part of being a peacemaker, you got to know when it's time for conflict and when it's time for resolution. You got to know when it's time to confront and you got to know when it's time to take a back seat, uh, step back. Amen. There's a time to talk uh, and there's a time to listen. There's a time to confront uh, and there's also a time to make a resolution. And everybody said amen. Now, this is difficult. I didn't come here tonight to fix that. I don't know it all best myself. Amen. There's people that we are all challenged to become peacemakers. Amen. There is a challenge where we have got to know what is the right movement and what is the right thing for this moment. Do I confront or do I just let it go so that there can be lasting peace? The end of the day, the goal has got to be peace. The goal has got to be the blessedness of God upon our lives and upon other people's lives. Amen. This, this search for peace will cause people, amen, to die in conflict and to die in war so that we might be freed. We are sitting in a wonderful uh, facility here tonight. We are able to come and to worship freely, but we cannot take that for granted. The peace that we have is not free. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate 4th of July and Independence Day before it shows up. How about, how about that? Amen. Let's remember that the peace that, we in, that we're able to enjoy tonight came at the cost of somebody else's life, that somebody had to engage themselves in conflict. Somebody had to take a bullet for you and I so that we could be here today in the house of the Lord and lift up our hands without threats from the government. Amen. Somebody had to do that. So being a peacemaker is not easy. Amen. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. Amen. Before we talk about soldiers dying for us, we can't help but talk about our Savior. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 says, God is not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace in all the churches, amen, of the saints. If you are going to be part of God's church, you are cannot think or create a, an atmosphere of confusion, amen, an atmosphere of chaos and discord and disorder because God is not the author of that. But if you and I are going to be part of the church of the saints of God, amen, if we're going to be called children of God, we've got to recognize our God is the author of peace. Amen. Peacemaking is a divine work. 
God is the author of peace. He is not the God of confusion and discord. He is the God of harmony. Amen. He is, he is the God. He is the supreme peacemaker. Can I tell you a little bit about Jesus? He is the supreme peacemaker. Jesus came with the sole intent to establish peace. His message explained and pressed forth into peace. His death, according to the word of God, purchased our peace. His resurrection presence enables us to live and to walk in peace. The messianic prophecies and predictions were that he would be born the prince of peace. Jesus persisted, amen, in telling all of the sinners as he would heal them and release them. His phrase was always, go in peace. Just before he was crucified, Jesus' last will and testament, you want to know what he left to us before his death? You know what he wrote in the heavens for you and I? He said, this is what I'm leaving you in my will. This is what I'm leaving you in my New Testament. Amen. He didn't leave us a whole lot. He said, I'll send you the comforter, but he didn't leave us the comforter. He said, I'll send that later, but this is what I'm leaving with you. He said, peace I leave with you, and my my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but as I give. I want to help you here today that if you wonder where peace is, it was given to you, amen, before Jesus Christ ever died on Calvary. You want to walk in peace, live in peace, and experience peace. I want to tell you it's something that you own simply because he died for you and I. When Jesus returned after the resurrection, his first words to the disciples were, Shalom, peace to you. Colossians 1 and 20 tells us, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself, Jesus made peace for us, made peace available to us. But I want to tell you, that peace was not free. That peace did not come from passivity. That peace came because Jesus endured the suffering, the excruciating pain of the cross, and the Bible says he did it for the joy that was set before him. He endured that cross. Amen. He knew that peace was not free. Peace was very expensive. It was very costly. We could not acquire it without his sacrifice, and he laid himself down. I'm helping us here today to see the perfect example of a peacemaker. They lied about him. They beat him. They whipped him. They spit on him. Amen. They said all sorts of things that were not true. They defamed him. They spread lies about his character. And yet at the very end of it all, being the God and the Prince of Peace, as hanging on a cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That sounds like a peacemaker to me. That sounds like somebody who is not looking to continue the conflict. The Bible says he opened not his mouth. He reviled not again. He decided, I'm going to be a peacemaker in this moment. And if I'm ever going to give them peace, I've got to be willing to make peace. And Colossians says he made peace by the blood of his cross. While hanging on Calvary, I want to tell you, he made peace. 
peace is an action. Uh, peace is an action. Uh, and sometimes it's a crucifying action. Sometimes it's an excruciating act. Uh, amen. Act. Uh, sometimes uh, you got to be hanging there uh, while people are saying it about you uh, and people are hurting you uh, and people are, are lying and people are doing all these things against you. Uh, and yet you hang there on your proverbial cross uh, and you say, I'm not going to answer again. Uh, I'm not going to fight them. Uh, I'm going to make peace uh, with even my enemies. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands and let's love them all across the building. Come on, let's pray. There's people in this house that it's difficult for you to make peace. Amen. But I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven that made peace for you and I when it was the most difficult. And making peace is the least that we can do to be called the children of God. Somebody pray all across this house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Come on, if God can make peace while he's got nails run through his hands and nails run through his feet. And amen, the, even the thieves on the other side of the cross are spitting at him and cursing him. Amen, I think we can make peace with people that have offended us by slighting us. I think we can make peace with people, amen, that have just caused a little bit of bitterness in our life. I think we can forgive people. I want to tell you, Christianity is not all, uh, it's not all, all, all fluffy cakes and bunnies. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Christianity is one of the most difficult things you and I can ever do. And, and all of the teaching that I've been doing, amen, going through what Jesus said, there's people that quote these, put these on their wall, but it's a whole lot different to live it than to put it on your Instagram. Being a peacemaker. Let me talk about being a peacemaker. Peacemakers no good when you're living in peace. That's really, really deep and profound, huh? Being a peacemaker is really not hard when you're living in peace. Peacemaking is only valuable in situations of tension, in situations of conflict, in situations of war, in situations of disagreement, in situations of violence. The peacemaker is constantly surrounded by war and by conflict and by disagreement, uh, amen, and by tension. But let me tell you the difference between those that are involved in the war and in the conflict and the peacemaker. The peacemakers as surrounded as everybody else, but they refuse to leave it in its, in its condition. Uh, they refuse to leave it the way that it is. Uh, amen. I want to tell you, when you're a peacemaker, you walk into an atmosphere of conflict. Uh, you walk into an atmosphere of disagreement. Uh, you walk into an atmosphere where it's chaos and it's confusion and it's war, and you look around and you say, this is not peaceful and this is not shalom. Uh, this is not the goodness of God. Uh, this is not justice and righteousness. Uh, this is not a good way to live. Uh, whether it's you uh, in the conflict uh, or somebody else uh, with somebody else, you walk into that conflict uh, with the sole purpose. Uh, this will not stay in conflict uh, if I have anything to say about it. Come on. Amen. This is what it would look like uh, if Cain and Abel had a third brother. Uh, Cain and Abel would have been fighting. Cain would have lifted up a rock over his brother's head, and that, that imaginary brother would have walked out and said, Hold up. Uh, I know you're angry right now, Cain, uh, but you better think about your actions. Uh, I don't think that's the right thing. Uh, do you really think that would make God happy? Uh, do you really think that would please God? 
A peacemaker is one that walks into war, walks into conflict, not to engage in the conflict, not to engage in the war. Let me talk to somebody. Being a a peacemaker is not being a gossip. A gossip likes to get in the conflict, and they like to throw a little gasoline uh, and a little kerosene on the fire. Uh, They like to remind you uh, about that other time they slighted you. Uh, They like to come by and remind you uh, about the fact they didn't shake your hand that week. Uh, There's the kind of people that like to remind you of little things. Uh, I want to tell you that's not a peacemaker. That's a gossip. Uh, They're the kind that want all the juicy information. Uh, Amen. Let me help somebody out here today. If they'll gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. If they want to hear all the juicy information, I'll tell you what it is. They're acquiring ammunition, uh, and they're playing both sides of the war, and they're going to go over here when they don't like you, and they're going to give that ammunition, and it'll start another conflict, and they'll take that person's information when now you two are at peace, uh, and they'll start another conflict. Uh, I want to tell you, we don't need any arms dealers in the church. We don't need any gun-toting apostolics, amen, in the spirit that are just going around handing out bazookas and handing out landmines and handing out grenades. Well, I heard this. Did you hear about that? Well, I don't like that either. Well, let's talk about this. I want to tell you what God wants us to be. He wants us to be his children, and no child of his is going to add to conflict. No child of his is going to sow discord among the brethren. No child, every child of God is going to look at conflict and bring about a resolution. Hallelujah. The the, the peacemaker is surrounded just like the soldier, but they decide it's not going to stay this way. Amen. You know why the AC is blowing today, Brother Diaz? It ain't because of the thermostat. It's not because of the thermometer. Let me phrase that. I'm sorry. It is because of the thermostat. Praise God. In the church, we don't need a bunch of thermometers. Well, there's conflict. There's problems. And then they go tell everybody about the conflict and the problems. Thus just letting everybody know that the temperature is high. Now, I'm, I'm so glad God gives me words like this in moments where it's not high stakes. In moments where it's not it's not actively happening, I'm preaching to your future. I'm preaching to our future. Amen. And 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 and, and thermometers they want to go around and say, well, you know, sister so and so ain't happy, brother so and so ain't happy, and and they want to just let you know all of the problems. They're really good at reading the temperature of the room, but the peacemaker is the thermostat. They know how to change the temperature. Hey, I know what it is. Everybody's got a different opinion in the church. It's too hot. It's too cold. I get that. That's how it is in the natural. It's no different in the spiritual. Amen. There's people say, well, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too this. It's too that. Amen. Thank you for bringing your thermometer. But I wonder if there's anybody in the kingdom of God that brought their thermostat that said, I'm going to change the temperature. There's conflict, there's war, there's problems, but I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm not going to let there keep being conflict. I'm going to help resolve the conflict. I'm not going to keep putting gasoline on the fire. I'm going to bring a water pail, and I'm going to bring out the hose, and I'm going to put the fire out. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. 
Come on, let's give God praise in the name of Jesus. He's calling peacemakers, peacemakers, peacemakers. It's the peacemaker, not the peace taker. Please, 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 please. If somebody's walking in peace, do not take their peace from them. Amen. In fact, amen, the peacemaker, amen, I want to remind every peacemaker in the house of God, I believe there's children of God in the house. We are called to love our enemies. And in order to do that, you have to be a peacemaker. You can love people that love you. That's not hard. In fact, the Bible says, what thank have you? Even the sinners and publicans do that. Amen. I love people that love me. It's not hard. But what's difficult is when I know people don't like me. When I know people disagree with me, when I know people, amen, they, they've, they've even put themselves at odds to be, uh, if it will, I don't think I have any enemies, but that's probably uh, not true. I don't know. Maybe there's some enemies in the house of the Lord. I don't feel like I got any enemies. But if there are any enemies, I want to love my enemies. How do I do that? you got to be a peacemaker. Peacemaking is not predicated on how they treat you because an enemy is not going to treat you well. An adversary is not going to treat you well. Somebody that doesn't like you is not going to treat you well. In other words, being a peacemaker means I don't repay you for the wrong that you paid to me. In other words, being a peacemaker is I stop the cycle of hurt. If you hurt me, it stops with me. If you attack me, it stops with me. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I stop the cycle. I promote peace. I promote harmony. I am a founder of peace. I am a creator of peace. I am a peace inventor. I am a peacemaker. I got the patent on peace. That's what the Bible's calling us to be, peacemakers. Amen. Peacemaking does not mean appeasement. It doesn't mean you just got to, well, let's just, let's just stop fighting. No, that's not it. Sometimes you got to talk it out and work it out so you can have true lasting peace. Amen. It's not easy, but have the difficult conversation. Amen. It means a permanent ceasefire. When you make peace, we're done with this. We're putting it away. This is great counseling. We just had a great marriage weekend. Amen. We've got a rule in our marriage. We do not bring up arguments from the past, period. That was rule number one. Now, they, we haven't done it once since we got married. We're not bringing up one thing from the past because that's like, that's like putting a landmine out there. Somebody's going to step on it. It's going to blow their leg off. Because it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. If we're going to talk, we're going to talk forward. We're not going to talk backwards. We're going to talk about the current situation not the previous one. It goes for every relationship that you have in your life. Don't go back and say, well, this, that, and the other, uh, unless that's the one thing you talk that you're going to work out. We're going to work out that one situation, and that's what we're going to stay on. In other words, you got to stay on track if you're going to be a peacemaker, and you work that thing all the way out until there's peace, and once there's peace, uh, you bury the hatchet. You bury everything and say, we're never coming back to that again. I'm glad we got that resolved. Praise God. Amen. Unfortunately, when we read the words of Jesus, blessed are the peacemakers, we blandly say and smile, oh, that's nice. Peacemaking's not nice. Peacemaking is messy and gut-wrenching work. Peacemaking takes time and a lot of emotional energy. 
Peacemaking is like crossing a fast-moving creek on slippery rocks. The journey is necessary. you got to do it. The work is very risky, and sometimes you fall, sometimes you get bruised, and sometimes you don't even make it across the stream. Let's be honest here tonight. Peacemaking sometimes does not work. I'm going to give somebody some hope. Well, what do I do about my mother-in-law, my, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, this, that, and the other? What do I do about my parents? What do I do about this person? Paul exhorted in Romans 12 and 18 in the ESV, if possible. Everybody say that, if possible. That ought to give everybody some grace. If possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. We are called to live at peace with everybody. It's a pretty clear command in the Bible. Amen. Paul adds this important phrase, though. If it is possible, because sometimes peace is not possible. This is why Paul prayed in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 2, and I've had to pray it a lot in my life, uh, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Because sometimes there are those kinds of people, they're just so cantankerous, uh, amen, that they're going through life picking fights with people and everybody they meet, they got a problem with them, uh, amen, the type of person that will always be offended at you no matter what you do. Uh, you're nice to them, they don't like you. You're mean to them, they don't like you. Uh, these are unreasonable people. These people are beyond reason. Now, I'm thankful to God we ain't got nobody in the house of the Lord like that. Amen. People that are beyond reason. I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord here tonight. You're just declaring I'm reasonable. Praise God. There are some people that are unreasonable. and Just stare straight ahead. Act like you never met them. But there are some people that are so unreasonable. And it is interesting because sometimes they do come to church. And no matter what you do, amen, it's just not good enough. Amen. This is actually how it is. And there's some people that will enter your life, some that are in your family, that no matter what you do, it will never be enough. In fact, there's people right now that are dealing with trauma from people that made them feel like no matter what they did, it is not enough. I want to tell you, pray this prayer. Lord, deliver me from unreasonable and wicked people. And it might be somebody that's been dead and gone a long time, but you need to say, God, free me from their unrealistic and unmet expectations that were not reasonable. Can I help you out here today? I'm going to give everybody grace. You know, there are some things that are just unreasonable. The Bible says there's some things that are our reasonable service. Amen. Presenting our bodies a living sacrifice unto God that's holy and acceptable. That is our reasonable service. But I want to tell you, there's some people that have unreasonable and unrealistic expectations of you. I want to tell you, everybody else's opinion opinion of you is none of your business. You can let them have that unreasonable amen, expectation, but your prayer needs to be, God, deliver me from that. And you just do what God told you to do. You just keep walking in God's word. You just keep being a peacemaker. You don't make conflict out of it. You don't make war out of it. You realize it's just somebody I can't make, I can't appease them. I, I, I can't make peace with them. So what am I going to do? I, they might smack me on one cheek. I'll turn the other cheek. Amen. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm just going to leave the room because this is an unreasonable individual. 
Amen. Let me help somebody. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, but he never said, stay in the room. Uh, sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm sorry, uh, uh, but I'm not going to just keep giving myself over to abuse. Uh, amen. I let you strike me on once. Uh, I gave you the benefit of the doubt that you didn't mean it, uh, but I found out real quick you meant it, and you're going to do it again. Uh, you get up from the seat. Uh, you get up from the room. You get up from the table and say, God bless you. No conflict. No problem. But I'm going to have peace in my life. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. I didn't come to preach, but I might as well. I want you to know, you want everybody else to have peace, but you need to have peace as well. You need to be a peacemaker for yourself as well and say, God, it's keeping me up at night. It's making me anxious. It's stressing me out. And nowhere in the book does it say you have to subject yourself to that. Amen. Learn how to say no. I know this is real deep tonight, amen, but I'm helping some folks out there. I'm helping the people pleasers in the house of the Lord. Learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. No's not a bad thing. When you say no to this, you're saying yes to that. Praise God. Praise God. I better hurry. Amen. Get everybody to Applebee's on time. Praise God. But if I preach another hour, you get half off appetizers. Peacemakers, praise God. You can't always live in peace with some people. And that's why Paul wrote these two conditions in there. Number one, is it possible? Not do you feel like it's possible at the current moment. Because it's not based on feelings, it's based on facts. Is it factually possible? Can you pray through to the level where you have the faith to believe it is in fact possible? And number two, as it depends on you. Is it possible? As it depends on you. Well, it's possible if they just get their act together. Just stare straight ahead. Praise God. I'll just look at the ceiling. It's possible if they see things my way. Is it possible for there to be peace as it depends on you? In other words, if it's up to me, there will be peace. In other words, if I am the only factor in this peace and it is me that is determining whether or not there will be peace, then we will have peace. Come on. If, if you're the only factor in your home on whether or not there's going to be peace, amen, God help you if you keep bringing in conflict. Uh, if it's possible for there to be peace and you just want to be cantankerous uh, and you just want to be, amen, always bludgeoning other people, amen, God help you. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you, if it's possible and it's in your control for there to be peace, uh, I pray to God that tonight you hear this preacher, let there be peace. Man, I want to tell you, some people, some people create their own storms and then cry about it. Because some people love being the victim. They create their own problems and they cry about it. Oh, I'm in conflict. I'm in war. But you started the conflict. Well, I just want to be a peacemaker. No, you're a troublemaker. You need to stop. 
Amen. It is possible for you. I'm not, well, I want there to be peace, but this person hurt me and this, that, and the other. Amen. Well, what is possible within yourself? What do you have the ability through the Holy Ghost to do? Do you have the ability to say, I'm sorry? Do you have the ability, amen, to apologize? Do you have the ability to let somebody else apologize? Do you have the ability to forgive them whether or not they apologize or not? If it's within my ability to let there be peace, there will be peace. Hebrews 12 and 14. Amen. People like to preach this as a hardline sermon. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That's true. But you got to start the verse right. Follow peace with a couple people. Follow peace with the people you like. Follow the peace with the people that you have the same hobbies and interests in. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Number one, we must make and pursue peace so that we can see the Lord. Did you know, amen, being a peacemaker, amen, can help, help you get to heaven? Did you know being a troublemaker and not being a peacemaker can hinder you from getting to heaven? Amen. Without peace with all men, if you're always making trouble, always going around starting problems, if, if you're always going around starting some spiritual fire, uh, uh, wildfires, uh, I want to tell you, you're in danger of hellfire. Uh, you might not see the Lord. Just as much as we say without holiness, you won't see the Lord. Amen. It's just as true that without following and pursuing peace with other people. Oh, Hallelujah. Well, I'll jump off that and go into the fun part. Praise God. We must also make peace with other people so they can see the Lord. Ain't nobody like me talking about them seeing the Lord, but they sure like me talking about other people seeing the Lord. If you and I are peaceful people, I'm sure there's some people, you know there's some folks in the house of the Lord, they just love conflict. Some people just get a rise out of conflict. Uh, You know, we're going to pray for you. But, you know, you can have such joy in life if you just live in peace. Man, I love being in the garden. You know why it's peaceful, man? It's just great. I love being out there, amen, on Lake Tahoe where it's just peaceful, amen. I love being around people that when I walk in their presence, I feel at peace. I don't have to be uptight or they judge me or they criticize me. I love feeling peace because the Bible says the Holy Ghost is righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. We must pursue peace if we're going to see God, and we must pursue peace with other people so they can see God as well. There are some people that are about this close to the kingdom, but because there's some that have not made peace, maybe it's something from the past. You've got to go back and make peace in the past. Amen. And make peace. It's not something that comes easy. It's not something that's going to randomly happen. You're going to have to go out, and you're going to have to manufacture peace if it's in your power. Amen. How do I do that? How do I do it? How do I make peace with other people? Again, making peace is not for people that it's just easy. It's for the people you're in conflict with. Amen. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. You got to put your gas can away. It's $5 a gallon anyways. Just put it away. Just put it away. Just put it away. Tell your neighbor, put your gas can away. Amen. Don't start a fire. Don't start a fire. Don't start a fire. Don't burn that person down. Amen. You need to get your water bucket out. Amen. Put the fire out. If your words, amen, 
And this is a whole subject we can get into. We won't for the sake of time. It's only 8.05 for you clock watchers. If we want to be Christians, we've got to learn how to guard our tongue. Amen. There are so many things that could be said, and we're all guilty from the pulpit of the pew. Things that could be said in the heat of a moment that if you just took a moment, step back, and realize this will not matter in five years. If I say it, this might matter in five years. And look at the words, and it's like, am I going to put water on this fire and put it out, or am I going to dump the gasoline or the kerosene on it? And, and I've learned this in dealing with people. There are some people that they don't even recognize how self-destructive they are. They don't realize they put the gas in the water bottle. And they think, well, I'm just trying to just trying to have peace, Pastor. And they dump the gasoline on there. You gotta check the contents of your word. And then you gotta check the tone of how you're saying it. Because you might think I'm just putting water on it and putting it out, but you're just starting a forest fire. <laughs> Amen. Let's all stand across the building. I've I've talked enough and Hopefully there's some stuff for us to contemplate. Again, this is not me standing up here telling you, I got this figured out. I got the corner on peace. No, this is me saying, let's, let's work on this. I think this is something we can all work on. Jesus told us, amen, that we got to work on this. Jesus gave us instructions, amen, that if we want to be called the children of God, we must be peacemakers. Let's pray all across this house. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your peace, God. Your peace that when I feel like everything's chaotic and turmoil, God, that you give me peace. Amen. If there has ever been a needed virtue or a needed group in the church, Pastor, what can I involve myself in the church? What department can I get involved in? I'm about to start a department called the Peacemakers. It's going to be a gun, a gun group. No, I'm kidding. Go out shooting on the weekends. No, I'm kidding. You know, some people think that's the peacemaker. That's what they go home with. They pull out the peacemaker and mess. There ain't nobody going to shout back. Praise God. But, amen, there's got to be a peacemaking group. People that just say, you know what, that's the kind of church I want. Anybody want to be in a peaceful church? I do. I don't think everything has to be a conflict. I don't think everything has to be a fight. I don't think everything has to be a knockdown, drag out. I, I really don't. Amen. Especially one with another. We need to be peacemakers one with another. And one of the ways to be a peacemaker is to recognize who the real enemy is. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So look around. You're not my enemy. Look at your spouse. You're not my enemy. Look at your neighbor. You're not my enemy. Look at your kids. You're not my enemy. Amen. Look across the aisle. You're not my enemy. So stop dropping nukes on them. Don't drop bombs. Don't say mean words behind their back. Be a peacemaker. You hear something about somebody, don't go spread it to everybody else. Hit your knees and pray for them. And or go to them and say, hey, I heard this. Is this accurate? Now don't do it to inflame them. Do it to be a peacemaker. I heard this. Are you struggling? Can I help you? Imagine the atmosphere. Mm. I believe that's an atmosphere that, that people are longing for. Because they're coming from families, they haven't had one ounce of peace since they were born. When people come to the house of God, I want them to feel the peace of God. 
Amen. I want them to come to church. And I remember coming to church as a kid and coming to the house of God. And, man, I left conflict and turmoil at home, and I came to church. Man, I just, I told pastor, I said, pastor, I just want to sleep here. I just, I just want to lay under the pews and just like the church kids used to. You know, I just, I just, I just feel such peace in the house of God. Oh, God, help that to be the way it is at church and in our homes and when it's, when we're in our cars and we're driving with somebody, when we're at work and they just say, you know, I like coming to your office. I feel such peace. Praise God. That's what happens when you're a peacemaker. We are called for conflict resolution. That doesn't mean we won't have conflict. But that means that when we're in the midst of conflict, we look for the resolution. What is the solution? Everybody can see the problem, but not everybody can see the solution. Pray, God, help me to see the solution. What can I do to bring about peace? Not what can they do. Not can what this circumstance do. What can I do? What is within my power, God? Show me, as you did with Moses, what's in my hand. We are called with the ministry of reconciliation. Many of us have seen some of the most incredible moves of God, and yet, unfortunately, we can have the same story to say many of us have seen the most incredible moves of God derailed and hindered because somebody got something up in their crawl. Somebody let something disrupt the peace. People started bickering and fighting, and it broke the peace. We've seen homes break up because of this. We've seen families break up because of this. Amen. But somebody has got to step up and say, I'm going to be the peacemaker in this. I see the conflict, but I want to bring about a resolution. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray? I'm done teaching here tonight. Thank you for your attention. Let's pray. I'm done right now. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on. God has called us that we would keep the spirit of unity by the bond of peace. Amen. God, I pray that you would raise us up, Lord, to look for the peace in the midst of the turmoil. Amen. God, help us to see, amen, the bright, shining light at the end of the tunnel. Everybody else sees the darkness. Everybody else sees the trouble. But God, help us to see the light. Help us to see the solution and work towards it. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you come down to this front and say, God, I want to be a peacemaker. If you're a peacemaker, he said you'll be called a child of God. People will look at you and say, that has to be the Son of God. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them, making peace in his cross, there was a centurion that said, surely this is the Son of God. People will see Jesus if you'll make peace. People will see Jesus if you make peace. You'll live a lot different if you make peace. You'll go home happy if you make peace. You'll have a better marriage if you make peace. Your kids will get better if you make peace. Amen. This is what Jesus told us. This is what Jesus told us. Come on. Come on. There's people that are living in conflict right now. Make peace in the conflict. What's possible, God? What's possible? What's in my power to make peace? Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's peace. Come on, there's peace in this house. As you feel the peace of the Holy Ghost, 
God, let that go to other areas of my life. Let me bring peace. Amen. Come on. There's some young people you need to make peace with your parents. Don't fight them. Don't, don't aggravate them. Look for a way where you can make peace. Amen. If it's cleaning your room, clean your room. Do what's in your power to make peace. Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want to be a child of God. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a child of God. And it's going to take being a peacemaker. It's going to take being a peacemaker, God. Come on, I feel peace in this house. I feel peace in this house. Come on, there's some folks that are going to live their life with peace being the main focus. How can I be peaceful, God? How can I bring about peace? How can I bring about peace, God? Hold me when I'm broken. Sweet peace that passes understanding when the whole crashing down I fall to my knees and breathe in your peace holds me when come on that's it I don't want to stir up strife I want to put out the fire I want to put out the strife God replace the gas can for a water bucket God in my life Hallelujah. We're going to pray for a little bit longer, but what does being a peace, what's a visual of being a peacemaker look like? The disciples are in the middle of a storm. That's a conflict. That's an argument with your wife. You can, you can, that's an argument with your kids. That's an argument in the church. Whatever the storm is, and the water is getting in the boat, it's starting to now affect you. And the disciples are trying to bail it out, but it's not working. What do they do? 
they go to Jesus, the creator of peace itself. I want to tell you what would help a lot of conflicts is if you and I would just go and hit, it, hit our knees and pray before we start saying anything, before we open up our mouth, before we do something that we'll regret, if we can say, I'm going to go to Jesus first. Amen? And Jesus goes to the bow of the boat. And he looks at the wind and waves. He looks at the problem. And he waves his hand over the problem and says, peace be still. Now, many people at this building would say, well, pastor, I, I don't have that ability. I know, I know. You can't go up to Lake Tahoe and just wave your hands and the waves stop. I mean, I wish we could. You can't go out to the ocean and say, stop. But what is possible within your power? If part of your activities are creating that storm and you remove that and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to pull that part of me back. It takes a few elements to create fire. You remove the fuel and the fire dies. Same thing. When you say, God, I want peace, you start saying, I'm going to remove my pride from this. Because it's more important that the boat makes it to the other side than my own ego or pride. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me over here by myself. And Jesus is able to say, peace, be still. And the wind waves calm. And there's people that there's things within your control. And you just wave your hand and just move those things out of the way. Move those things out of your peripheral. Remove those things from your focus. Well, they just keep doing this. Can you focus on something good today? Well, they just keep messing up. Well, can you focus on one thing they did right? And you focus in on the one thing they're doing right, and all of a sudden you don't notice the storm as much, and it goes away. And now there's peace. It is possible for you and I to live in peace. It is possible for you and I to make peace a reality. Amen? I want us to lift up our hands and let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you today. Because, Lord, our desire is to be known around this city not as the church that's always in conflict, not the church is always getting in fights one with another, not the church is getting in fights with the waitress. God, I'm praying that when they see us, they see a group of people that are skillful in handling difficult situations. And God, I know that church is messy. I know that people are messy. I know that we all have complexities, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we're walking through life, even in those moments where we hit a landmine, God, I pray, Lord, that your peace would surpass all understanding, that your peace would come over us. Amen. So it wouldn't start a war, wouldn't start a conflict, God, but that we could live and operate in peace. And God, I'm praying for every individual, Lord, that would take this word tonight. God, apply it because we want to be known as the children of God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands. Be friendly. Love one another. Wish, hey, wish somebody peace on the way out. Do a little Hebrew and just tell them shalom. Shalom. Praise God.